Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, man. Today is here, man. I made it through hump day, man. I finally made it in the week, man. So now y'all get rewarded these nice jewels you about to hear today from my guy, Councilman Trey White, man. One of the guys, man, fluent in the community, a soldier on the front line, as he is say, man, a guy that goes to war for not himself, but for the people. And, um, my guy's not quite a turp, but uh, he went to Maryland, man. Maryland Eastern Shore, so it's close enough. But, yeah, man, I'm about to give it up to my guy, man. Can't wait for him to come in and talk a little Penn State-Maryland rivalry and also give a little nuggets about leadership, man, and what he does in the community to help others. Right after this. It was great. Got better and basically being faster, stronger, powerful, and being more explosive. And, man, I'm out here competing and having fun. Running behind that fight offensive line. Durbin Graves did a great job tonight. With all the guys I played with, that was a fun experience being a part of, so I had fun with it. It's definitely been fun, man, so I appreciate all the coaching staff and what they've done for me. Maryland's been a great school for me. Trey, man, welcome to the show, man. Peace and love, bro. How are you? Thanks for having me. Man. Man, I'm good. I'm good, man. I know that background look real good. Looks something like outside of my house right now. I'm like, he must be in Florida somewhere, man. You nah, in Florida? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm over the water, man. I left the country, man, but I'm here for you, baby. Okay. 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 For sure. For sure. Man, I appreciate you taking time out your day, man. But, um, man, first of all, before we get into all the sports action, man, let's talk a little bit about, man, you, man, and what got you into the fact of being wanting to be a councilman to serve, serve I'm saying, D.C. or whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, so I'm a councilman over here in Washington, D.C., but... I started out as a youth league football coach. I don't know if you know that. I played football mm. coming up. Didn't get that much bigger, so I said to start coaching, man. I won yeah. <laughs> my last three years, I won three state titles, uh, coaching little league football. I coached for nine years straight, and I felt okay. like coaching football wasn't enough in our community, man, with the violence, with the mental health, with the lack of fathers in the community. So I had to step up, and I created an organization to do more work in the community. So that's really how I started. Man, that's dope, man. And you made a huge impact on a lot of people, man. I know everybody be saying, man, call Trey, man. They need to fix this. They need to fix that. But, man, this is a lot of, man, Um, call Trey, man. That means a lot of people have faith in what you've done, man, and things you've built, man, and, and the confidence you gave people that you can get it done, man, or at least to the best of your ability. Man, just talk about the process, the journey, man, and, and, and how, that, how, that, how that came for you. It's, it's been a difficult one. I mean, it's really about finding my purpose. And believing in my in my ambition and dreams, and believing that God gonna allow me to get through. Like I ran for office. I'm a non-traditional public servant. You know, from the community I was born and raised in. Graduated from the Blue Senior High School, uh, class of 02 Blue Knights. Uh, went to college, yeah. undergrad, grad school, law school. But I told God if you allow me to make it out, I come back and make my community better. And that was I thought that was gonna be through a nonprofit, which I found. Right. Uh, but I started running for office with the support of William Lockridge, Marion Burry, and really the community got behind me. And so I've been in office as a council member for seven years. And so I'm elated to serve, be on the front line to advocate for God's people in a way that's unique because I understand the issues firsthand. For sure, for sure, man. And uh, it is nothing like, man, being part of the community, coming back and serving, man, because it's no better feeling than knowing, man, growing up, man, what the things that went down, man, in the community, knowing what you saw and how things are now, man. And, and everybody going to look up to a person that lived in it, man, versus a person that's coming from outside trying to change something they never lived. And you're doing just that, man, and within your community, man. But, but also, man, I want to know, like, what are some of the obstacles, man, as a leader, man? What's some of the obstacles you, you face, man, during the process and, and now that you're in office? Well, 
people don't know. I can have all the ambitions, great ideas, um, support. Uh, but on my, in, my, in my job, I have to get the seven, meaning I have to get seven votes out of 13 to get any bill passed. Uh, people right. know me and they, they see me as Trey, you represent the government, but I'm not the mayor of Washington, D.C. So people think I can do this, do this, do this, do this. Like right yeah, now, yeah. I'm the lady with a unit right now who unit flooded twice while I'm on vacation. Um, but the reality is our people are in dying need for not a handout, but a hand up. And so I have to use right. my influence in the government to help people get what they need. And so part of it is re, re, reteaching people how to, how to think, how to process, and how to navigate uh, our system, you know, of government and also self-sustainability by infusing capital into housing, infusing capital into people's pockets and people's businesses to say we got to stop dumping our money and being consumers, but we got to be owners. And so I'm trying to change the mindset of our people as well, which is harder than everything I ever did. Yeah, man. It sounds difficult, man. And uh, you was the right guy for that challenge, man. And you was able to persevere, man, and continue to do it not once, twice, but three times. Continue to stay in office, man, and continue to make sure you did by right, right by the people, man. Get the right people in your circle, man, to help fight, man, to fight against the violence in the city, fight against all the things that pulling us down, man, in the city, and rather than bringing us up. And um, you're doing all of the great things, man, and you're trying to help in all of the best ways you can. And once again, man, you talked about some guys like Marin Bird. I know he's probably a big, huge factor in your as your, as, your, as a mentor, man. That, talk about him and talk about some of the other man mentors and leaders in your life. Well, he 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 was a political giant. His work would echo in eternity. In fact, we're naming the street. I just passed the legislation to name a street after him, and the naming ceremonies in a couple of weeks. Uh, he was a guy who came from the South through the civil rights era with. Dr. Martin Luther King, actually Dr. King sent him to Washington, D.C. to start a chapter, chapter of SNCC um, in which he led and then got involved in politics. And he was unafraid to stand on people's rights, especially black people in our city. And so he empowered everybody, got the city together, and pretty much made the, the richest black county in the United States of America. That's Prince George's County for the people who was in D.C. Right. that navigate to Prince George's. But he's about economic empowerment and inclusion for everybody, man. He was a political giant and a mentor of mine. I was just blessed to even have it in my life for the time I did. Definitely, definitely, man. He was definitely a key component because he lived on the next street from me when I lived on Oakwood. He was right on the oh, next no street. Question, on, uh, uh, yeah, he, on he lived on the, on the, on the corner, next street. Yeah. On the corner, man. He used to come out with that yeah. Jaguar every morning, man, come outside of his house, man. So I remember that like the oh, back wow. of my hand when I waited on that W-2. And um, I had no idea how powerful he was, but my mother did. You know what I mean? My mother knew all the things because he did, man, in the black community, helping helping guys get jobs, man. Not No matter what you came from, the thing, the dirt you done, he was there to help, man, and, and fix your problems as best he can once again. And uh, we see a lot of Murray and Burry in you, man, when you do a lot of those things in the community, man. You look like them, man. You don't try to be above nobody, man. You try to put yourself in their shoes to help them get out of their situations. Man, what are some of like, the events, man, I would say – um, some of the things you got set up for the kids, man, maybe community centers and things like that to help the kids out. Yeah, thank you, Derwin. So one of the things, like, for you, man, you've been able to make it through some of the obstacles. It's my job right. to make sure we got more Derwin grades in our community by giving them quality rec centers, access to mentoring, access to quality food. And so we've begun the process of opening up a new grocery store last month, a community garden. Mm -hmm. We're building five new recreation centers in Ward okay. 8. We just completed one. Of Furby Hope with four more to go. Um, I just I don't know if you know we just did Johnson Gym, brand new gym in your alma mater, yeah. middle school. Yeah, Johnson, yeah. So yeah, our money where our mouth is. Not just talking about it, but making sure our kids have the best facilities to maximize their potential, not just in sports but also in academics and in careers as well. 
Man, when I get back home in a couple of weeks, I'm definitely going past Johnson. Always got to check on Coach Mike, man. You know, I mean, Coach that's Mike, how it's got, man. Of course, man. He's going to run the city to the day he leave that place. And furthermore, yes, man, sir. that guy's – I mean, he leave. I might I might have to step in and be the coach then. Oh, <laughs> I might live on that man. legacy. <laughs> For sure. Man, but, man, what are some of the new things you're working on, man, individually and as a councilman in the city, man, besides all the other things you got going on, files, recreation centers and things like that? What is something personal and business-wise that you're working on? So, one, so a few things that I, I'm keen on is helping people to start their own business. And using the leverage with government, we are a $20 billion institution every year in our local small Washington, D.C. And so we took right. some, taking some of that money and what I created is now called the Dream Grant. That's just in dslbd.dc.gov. Okay. And also I created something called the Ward 8 Investment Fund that's coming out next month to help people get money through government and uh, the banks so we can create leverage. It's not that we don't have the ideas, not that we don't have the business acumen. A lot of times the access to capital to get a business started and keep it going so it can be sustainable and the technical tools to, to run a business effectively. So I'm working on that. Okay. Okay. Definitely, man. That's a lot, man. But with all that, man, it's going to come adversity, man. And um, I'm pretty sure you're a guy that faced a lot of adversity, man. My big question is you, through all this, with all this on your back, man, having to deal with the community, having to try to help people get jobs, help, help people start their um, businesses and all this. How do you deal with adversity when things doesn't go the right way that you expect it? Man, listen, man, I'm five feet two, born in the greatest south. I was born in adversity, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, we deal with adversity on a regular basis, so it's first nature to us. It's about having a spiritual connection. They get the strength from God, man, that we can keep going and have a different perspective where we're able to see the good in someone when they may not necessarily see it in themselves at that time. And so yeah. I, I keep that forefront. I stay in prayer and I keep working. It's a lot of distractions, so I try to minimize distractions. And every once in a while, I take a little trip to see the palm trees, man, just to get some man, just to get a breather. To. Yes, sir. Got to. Man, man, how long you gonna you think you're going to stay in D.C. before you finally say, ah, I'm choosing to expand out and move in a different state? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I, I'm going to be obedient. I, I take little vacations. When I get out, I get spoiled, but I got to be obedient to my calling, man. You know, and then my place right now is in Washington, D.C. So uh, I, I went to college, came back, and I've been there ever since. It's on the front line serving in various capacities. Man, that's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. We're going to get it to our guy, man, Coach Locks, man. Coach Locks is right now is on a, on a three-game losing streak, man. Lost at homecoming against a team he should have won on paper. He uh, Now he has a, a, a team that's coming on fire, man, Penn State. What is, I would say for you as a leader, man, what are some of the things when your team is not where it's supposed to be, when you know in your circle, because you got this slogan, don't just stand there, do something. That's what right. That, first of all, before we get to the sports, what does that mean for you? And I'm going to ask, how does that apply to sports? But for right now, what does that mean for you and your entity? That means that uh, we can always acknowledge the problems. The problem this, the problem that. But the biggest reality is that what I figuring out what, what solutions I got to find to better myself. You know, uh, it's a quote that I use that people all over the world want to change their circumstances but are unwilling to change themselves. And so the more you work on changing you and redefining better in you, it affects not just your household, your family, your school, your community, but internally everybody around you, directly and indirectly. And so it's really about self-assessment. 
and working on self and bettering self, man, that's really the better community. If everybody was committed to doing that and being disciplined, man, the community would be a whole lot better. Now to sports. What's your question as relates to sports? <laughs> as a sports, man, I was going to say, man, everything you just said applies to a team, man. That applies to being a great team and to to leading a team to victory, man, as a head coach. You the head, you the head coach of the community. Loxley is the head coach of the Maryland Terps. Right now, he's on a three-game losing streak, as I said. Right now, he's trying to find a way to get his guys out of this slump and figure out a way to key in a victory against a good team that's coming in right now 7-1 on five. And Maryland losing three straight games. And like I said, it should have been one game. One of those wins. One of those games should have been a win against Illinois at home. They gave it away. How do you, as a leader, how do you get your guys out of this slump? How do you get your guys out of this slump to get them back on track? Well, you have to refocus, man. You have to analyze where you fall short and short at during the, during, the, during, the, during the games. You have to regroup with your coaches. And you got to lean on your leaders, you know. Some of those leaders on the team got to rally the troops back together. Uh, they have an awesome team. Coach Locks has turned this program around tremendously. I mean, amazing job, man. I remember you were there doing your thing, man, showing off, man, making us look good. Um, I think yeah. that he has a, a tug of a lure. As the quarterback, yeah. amazing talent. They can put up points. You know, uh, Penn State is is a tough team, man. What I think they were seven and one, um, seven and, and one. they lost Ohio State. Uh, but it's a home game. They have to, you know, maintain confidence, figure out where they are missing the ball and tighten up, man. Some of the challenges is going to be stopping that D line. I think that uh, once they they able to do that, they get able to get themselves a fair chance, man. They have the guy I think it's Chop Robinson also. Abdul caught on the D-line for Penn State. Got to be to stop them guys, man. Because if not, man, you know, Tuttle going to be scrambling. And it's going to cause the game to go out of, out of whack, man. 100%, man. And uh, we know, man, as any, anybody that watch sports knows, it starts in the trenches, man. O-line, D-line play. And uh, for the most part, the O-line for Maryland has playing, been playing decent. You know what I'm saying? Talia has to do a better job getting the ball out quicker, has to do a better job of getting through his reads faster and making a decision and not running around the pocket and causing, you know what I'm saying, big disruption falls big sacks or I'm saying fumbles and all types of things he's doing back there sometimes when he's trying to make a big play. Like Locke said in the media, sometimes, bro, you don't have to get 30 yards in one play. Just take what the defense is giving. Let's get the ball methodically down the field. Sometimes Talia wants to make the big shot, and that turns to interception, pass breakup, big sack by him holding the ball too long, and it ultimately puts a lot of stress on the team. When you're the leader, everyone looks for you to fix the problem. And, and I think Talia has took on that role as a leader and has been playing well all year. But he's going to play extremely well against this team that's putting up 39 points a game. Maryland's putting 33 points up a game, so they're not far yeah. behind. But 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 Penn State is lighting the board up. And man, something that's something that said that sticks out to me about Penn State doesn't scare me, but it, it, it's a challenge for Maryland is stopping their run game. How do we stop Penn State run game when they have having guys that's coming in both? They have two running backs, man, that's coming in. I think this guy's name is uh, Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. These two guys are coming in averaging right now. I mean, they got three touchdowns on the year, 482 yards rushing. Both of them have put up over 400 yards rushing so far this season. So both of them are really active in the backfield. How do we stop that th dual threat running back, man? They'll, they always stand fresh. How do we stop that, man? If, if, if you're the coach, Trey, how do you figure out, man, what is your game plan to stop this run, man? Well, you have to stop the run. It's imperative because, as you know, uh, the the run opens up the pass, man. You got to get your guys in that box. You got to lock down them, them wide receivers, man. And you got to get to the quarterback, man. You got to put the offense uh, on notice that you're there, and it's going to be a long game. You can't allow them to get loose and, and make big plays because Penn State is a pound team. They got a strong offensive mm -hmm. line. They like to the ground. They like to the ground, ground the ball and open up with the big old pass. 
Um, and so you have to, you know, get some stops, especially third down. Yeah. Maryland has to do a better job of stopping on third down as Zork getting the back in the, getting the ball back in the offensive hands to be effective, man. And I think they can do it. You know, it's a tough task, you know. Uh, I, I don't know the spread per se, but I, I think yeah. it's eight. I think the spread is like eight. It moved to 8.5, maybe move to 8.5. But I think they can do it, man. They come out and smack yeah. them early. See, Maryland tends to unravel later on in the game. Right, and you have yeah. to stay consistent, keep your team motivated, stay focused. Can't lose focus. And just because you put up a lot of points, yeah. you still have to stop them from scoring, which they have yes, struggled to do in the last yes. couple of games, last three games, actually. Yes. Man, and then you said a lot of good points, man, about um, the third down efficiency. And you talked about also being able to um, put up a lot of points. And then you also – you said so much good stuff right now about the things I was thinking about saying, man, about – the passing attempts, man. They they've thrown the ball. Maryland threw the ball 300, 300, 300 times so far this year, man, and rushed the ball two hundred forty six times. So right now they've been throwing them leaning more and heavy on the run, on the pass. But Penn State on the other hand, you said they're ground team, and you you exactly right, man. They ran the ball three hundred thirty eight times this season and only passed the ball two hundred fifty times. These guys are leaning heavy on those two backs, man, to lead them lead the way, man, to open up those passes, man, for their big receivers, man. They got some nice receivers, man. Those guys are getting open down the field, man. And one of their best receivers so far has been, man, uh, Keandre Smith, man. That guy has been lighting it up, man. That guy has been their leading guy. He's got 500 receiving yards so far this season, man. He's the guy that their quarterback, Allure, is looking at every play. And we got to figure out a way to slow down that passing attack. And what we do is by that, man, having our edge rushers get to the quarterback. Donnell Brown, he's a guy we have to lean on this game to make sure he gets to the pocket, man, get crash that pocket in, man, so there's no running lanes. Also play discipline and continue to contain the pocket that he doesn't escape the pocket. We have to keep that guy rattled back there, man, and make him get off his spot and throw some bad passes. Man, when what do you think Maryland is strengths this year, man, so far? I think they're playing more like a team. I think that uh, one of the things that I think they do well, they have a lot of ballers on their team, man. And right. they, if they keep a steady flow and get in a good rhythm with their offense, they can put up a lot of numbers. That's a strength for them. Um, I think um, they also have a few key receivers that are there. Defense is pretty solid. Uh, it, 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 the thing that worries me is defense, man. You know, and yeah. the quarterback, man. He, he's a gunslinger, man. And yeah. he – can can put up great numbers and win the game for you, but he can also lose the game for you. So hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's, it's a catch twenty two, man. Yeah, for sure, man. When you said it has a great, they have a lot of great receivers around him, man. You ain't lying about that because they have Jason Jones, a guy that been for six years. He was there when I was there, and I still be like, God wow. damn, but you still you still there. Man, I mean, he yeah. should have been gone a long time ago, but he's been there for yeah. six years. And they call him the old head, man. He's a guy that leads by example. He's a guy that's literally top receiver right now. But my guy, man, I think early on, man, they have to scheme these guys up is getting their tight ends involved early. Corey Deitches, man, this guy was hurt against Illinois, man, so we had to lean on that excuse of, well, we was five guys short, man. We didn't have our leaders on offense. We didn't have our leaders on defense. Well, now you have everybody back against Northwestern, and y'all still take an L. So what is y'all recovery from that? Y'all had everybody back. Were they still hurt? They playing hurt? We don't know. But we got to play with the guys and play with full effort for the guys that's out there. But Corey Deitches is a guy I think Talia has to get 
you know I'm saying get the ball too early because we have to like how you say, uh, we have to manipulate the middle of the field with their with those coverages they play. We have to get them to over to close that thing now, man, and get these edges open up for us, man, to be able to spray the ball over the field. And Talia could do that. I think he's really good with that, man. I think Corey Dice is a great tight end, man. He's been reliable. He's my number one target every time. But a guy that's been coming along for us is Prather. You know, you've seen against Ohio State, he caught that big one-hand touchdown against Ohio uh, State. That Prather is, is a guy that's coming along, man. And um, early on in my shows, I had one of the alums that come on, man, they talk about Prather being inconsistent. But since then, man, we had that conversation. Prather has been coming along. You know what I mean? At a noise game, he's playing with a lot of hurt guys. Prather, 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 catching everything. You know what I mean? And then he puts the ball on the ground. Inconsistency. And that's where it comes in right there when I talked about leadership, being disciplined and being consistent, man, with some of the things you have to do to win games. So as you look at this game, man, overall, you know what I'm saying? We talked about the spread. We talked about things like because right now Vegas is not getting no chance. They get Pitt State has a 77.5% chance of winning this game. Maryland has 27%. These guys like basically is buried to the point that they have no chance. Talk about your situation, because it's gonna relate to sports, about you been in a race, man, for office, man, where it almost seemed like you had no chance. Everyone was counting you out. What is that feeling, and how do you continue, continue to keep your head down and, and keep the task at hand, keep the main thing the main thing? It's about finding your inner beast, man, and it's about being laser-focused, man, and, and, and taking time out to remove the distractions. And sometimes, you know, being a guy in college, man, you only get one shot, you know, yep. and those moments to find your future. Uh, in an economic way, or vice versa. And I think that for me, it was about figuring out my why and leaning on that and getting people to believe and buy into what I'm saying, what I can see and I can envision. You know, I ran against a machine. They raised $500,000 in a small race in a small uh, part of the city with a highly concentrated with poverty. But I, I believe 100%. the power is in the people. And if the people can believe in themselves, believe in their own power, then it empowers everybody to do their part. The arm don't do what the leg do. The hand don't do what the heart do. So as a team, everybody has to do their job. And that's critical to winning a football game, to winning in life, man. Everybody has to do their job and do their part. And, and, and you hit it right on the nose, man, about everybody being accountable for their own actions, man. And uh, I think Maryland right now has a lot of talent, man, on defense. Tarheep's still back there, and all those guys are leaders to this team. But they have to understand how to lead better. We have to like this. We get into we November football now. We know in college football you have to win in November if you want to get a chance to play anywhere sunny or anywhere in another place in the bowl game. You have to. Right now, they schedule don't get no easier. They got Penn State this week. Next week they have Nebraska. You know what I'm saying? They still have to play Michigan at home. Then they have to play Rutgers still. And Rutgers has been playing well. All these teams are playing well right now, man. And um, it's not going to be a give me, give me game. I think the only give me game they had right now was probably, as of late, was that Illinois game. And they, and they gave it away. So right now they made things a little more harder right now. They start off 5-0 first time since 2001. And now they're in a situation right now where they should have been already bowl eligible. We should have been talking about where we're about to play at. But now we're not having that conversation. We have a conversation about we still searching for that sixth win. And how do we get that sixth win when we have now Penn State coming in on fire? You have the rest of these people coming in on fire. How do we figure out we get back to the main thing and put the things back focus that we had beginning of the year back in front of us again? Because right now they seem to lost that. They seem to try to figure out how to get that back. And my thing is right now, I know Blocks is preaching it, getting back to the basics. Well, we tried to do that against Northwestern, and um, that didn't happen. 
I mean, I mean, the defense would look looked atrocious out there, man. They didn't tackle. They didn't tackle well at all, man. Those guys gonna have to tackle against Penn State. And yeah, if, I, if I'm Penn State, I know they're gonna be attacking the tight ends. I mean, let's look at all the guys they produced over the years in the league. Jesse James, as of late, Pat Pat move for the Steelers. You know, what I mean, he had Mike Mike uh, Jasicki from the Dolphins. I mean, they put out talent at tight end. So I'm assuming right now. I mean, you look at the stat sheet. I had a stat sheet on me. Looking at this stat sheet, man, they have been going at these tight ends all week. I mean, they're they're key leaders right now on offense. All they tight ends besides the running backs, they don't even throw the ball. They don't throw the one receiver, and that's Keandre Smith. Uh, for the rest of the part, they go to Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren. Those two guys are tight ends, and those guys are their second and third best receivers on the team. They tight ends, so they I mean they love the tight end action, man. They love the play, so it's gonna challenge our linebackers. They don't challenge our linebackers in coverage, man, being able to cover these linebackers, these tight ends, man, in space because these guys are going to be moving like receivers. They, they always have. How do, how, how do you, as a leader, how do you train the brain, man, to be able to take on the challenge when you're back against the wall, man, when you have almost everyone counting you out? I know you spoke about it a little bit, but how do you train that? I mean, it's easy to say it, but how do you train that personally? Well, some of the grit – and some of the determination has to already be in them, man. It's, it's, it's Coach Locke's job and his team job. Because if you know those steps, those coaches know those steps, right, to bring it out yeah. of them. You know, they recruit some of the greatest players all across the United States. Uh, they some have some of the talent that can match up with Penn State. Um, but it's really, as you alluded to, execution. You got to execute, man. If you The basis of football is blocking and tackling. If you can't block and you can't tackle, you're going to have a long day. And we've seen a what Ohio day. State did. Ohio State was able yeah. to capitalize on the turnovers, was able to put them in tough positions and make the big plays. Merlin, have 100%. to make the big plays, man. They have to. We have to find a person out there that's willing to make the big plays. Like back in the day when I played, we had DJ Moore. We knew we was going to throw the ball up to DJ Moore. He was going to find a way to make a play for us. We had Diggs find a way to make a play. But we have to find that guy within this offensive unit somebody gonna have to step up and make a play when their numbers call because all the plays are not gonna be wide open they're not gonna sometimes somebody gotta be put their big boy pants on and actually go muscle a guy and go get it more than he wanted because those guys want it just as bad as they do and they gotta figure out that when you said they tie they have just as good as talent as Penn State has when you look at this list when it comes to yards and things they're they're fairly even this matchup doesn't look like a a a, a lump sided matchup that's this probably the first time I've seen in a long time that since I've been watching Maryland, since I've been playing for Maryland and even doing recruiting back in the day, this is the first time I've actually seen the matchup not off. It looks very even that this is an even set mate, uh even set match. Only thing that's off is the is the records. But the matchup far as yards, percentages, the scoring. I mean, all this I'm looking at, man, all this is about even. So this should be a good game. It should be a game. It shouldn't be a 21-point blowout or all this. It should be an even game if they do the small things. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Merlin, Follow the game plan. Merlin have to step up their game in the second half, man. Merlin's trying to get locks and get sleepy and fall asleep at the wheel in the second half. And as a result, keep teams close. You cannot afford to keep these teams close um, because we've seen what has happened in the last three games, man. Team games that were winnable. Yes. They, yes, they also start. They also be starting slow. They need to figure out a way to start faster, man. They're getting a faster tempo coming out, man. They seem to wait till the team punches them in the mouth to figure out what we should do next. And I feel like right now that has killed them early in the year, man, building that kind of, you know, that habit. When sometimes like, okay, man, like early in the year when they playing against Charlotte, those guys started out real slow, 
real slow and let those guys get all their punches in. It's like a, almost about to be a blowout. And then they come back and blow them out. And it's like, why yeah, wait that late? I couldn't it's remember crazy. what game I was watching. And Merlin fumbled twice on the goal line, man. I'm like, come on. You can't get that close down yes. in the goal line and fumble yes. twice. I, I think that was, was the last game. I think it was last game, man. They didn't. Yeah, last game they played against Northwestern. They, they was on a fourth and one on the goal line. And, 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 man, we try to throw the ball, man. I'm like, why are we turning the ball over on fourth and goal? I mean, everybody, we watch the Eagles play every Sunday. When they get fourth and goal or fourth and inches, we know what we're doing. They're doing the power yeah. push, and they get it every time. Maryland has no identity right there when they know it's like we had one play that we're going to bolt up, and we're going to get this first down every single time. And for that case against the rest, and they on a fourth and goal, man. It's no way we're giving these guys the opportunity to get the ball back. We need to put points on the board. Then we give them the ball back. But other than that, man, those guys turn the ball over. And then the defense let those guys go all the way down the field and kick a field goal. Go almost 99 yards. And I'm like, bro, it got to be teams have to work collectively together, man. Offense has to pick the defense up. Defense has to pick the offense up. Special teams have to tie it all together. And those where you get into the hitting yardage and things like that. Because right now, Maryland special teams is atrocious as well right now as well. As I look at that, too, they, they're not really punting. They're not kickoff covering well. They're letting guys kick the ball off, and they're letting the return guys get too many yards on these kickoff returns, man. They're not getting down on the field and playing their lanes correctly and, and um, doing the necessary tackling drills that they learned all through their life on kick return for some reason. I don't know why, but the kickoff coverage team needs to get better. The punt coverage needs to get better. But as as, as we wrap this thing up, man, Trey, what what are your last remarks, man, if, if, you, had to, if you had to just talk to this Maryland team about success moving forward, man, if they want to have a chance of playing anywhere in a bowl game moving forward. Man, I, I will have that meeting with my team leaders, man. To really look them in the eyes see where they are because, you know, we can give a good game plan. We can give a good uh, practice. We can give them all the tools they need to win, the information, but they have to execute. So it's really on them motivating each other, pulling on each other, holding each other accountable, and really formulating that, that strong team, man. And so I had a meeting with, with the guys. They had a meeting with the general team to figure out, man, who is ready to step up and get this program where we need to be because the, the players are there, the potential's there, the fans have stepped it up tremendously. Uh, the energy Crazy. is there. It's becoming a greater talk. But, again, man, we, Maryland has to finish the game strong, especially against some of these weaker opponents. Yes, for sure, for sure, man. Uh, you hit it on the nose, man. Everything is there from the aspect of the fans. Everyone, I told, I told, like I told the guys that came on Dante Trader, he came on the show. I told him, bro, as alums, we are proud of you guys, man. Like the things that we've been working for back in the day, trying to build, y'all getting all that now from the great facility y'all have now from from the fans. Y'all getting the script, getting that um that that tradition back, man. And y'all playing hard. But we just got to get those games, man. Them, them easy games like the Illinois, we got to get those. We got to get those, man, because y'all setting the standard for the next generation that's coming, just like we set the standard for you guys that came now. So it's like y'all got to keep that tradition going. But once again, man, I don't want to hold up your vacation, man. Man, I see the palm trees blowing behind you. I'm like, man, I don't know where you at, but it look crazy over there. Man, exactly. where, where you at, though? I can't say that on camera, man. <laughs> oh, man. Man, all I know is he's somewhere exclusive. That thing sound crazy over there. But, uh, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm going to let you enjoy yeah, your vacation, man. man. Big deep, man. Keep up the good work, man. Keep the fans informed. Keep giving good energy, man. We appreciate you. Love you, man. Keep going, bro. Love you too, bro. All right, for All sure, right. man. Enjoy your trip. Be safe. Thank y'all for tuning in to Friday, man. The best show, man. Protect the shell, man. I appreciate y'all continuing to rock with me, man. And uh, it, it, it's a big week for the Terps this week, man. And um, I appreciate 
Crayon White, the city councilman of Washington, D.C., Ward A specifically, which is the southeast area of Washington, D.C., man, uh, a highly poverty area in the DMV area, man. Uh, he's a guy that stepped up to the challenge, man, and uh, figured that he needed to do more for the community, man. He loves what he does. He loves to help people. He loves to put himself in those adverse moments to figure out a way to help people out that don't know how to get out of it. And um, Trey is highly educated, man. He's been off. He's been in office since 2017. He's a guy that loves sports, man. He, like you say, he's coached for nine years. He's done all the small things of being a leader early on to to enhance his role now as a city councilman that leads not only himself and his family, but the city that rallies behind him and look to him to make the bigger decisions to help the uh, kids in poverty schools and recreation centers. But once again, man, I, I appreciate him coming on, taking time out of his vacation. But, man, the Terps has to secure this win this week, man. This is a rivalry game. Um, I think in the last 10, 10 years, man, Penn State is up 7-3. Maryland's 3-7 and seven against Penn State. And uh, the odds are looking really bad against Maryland. But that doesn't mean that Maryland is out of this. Maryland has a great team. Maryland matches up really well this 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 time in a long time I've ever seen Maryland really match up really well. And this the year I feel Maryland is super – like even on the paper, man, that this is going to be a good game. Maryland just have to stick to their plan. Lean on some of their leaders. Talir have to make better decisions with the ball. You know what I mean? Roman Hemby has to get going early. Uh, Kobe McDonald, man, I, I, that guy got going really well against Northwestern, man. We need a lot of that early out the gate against Penn State. A great defense, man, that's going to be coming. They bring a lot of blitzes. Penn State loves to blitz, man, and uh, Maryland have to find a way to find checks, man, to continue to keep to lay it protected, to find ways to get the ball out of his hand quicker, and ultimately does not to ultimately not give Penn State what they want, which is turnovers and and bad plays, miscues, and give those give them momentum to um to wreck the game, man. But uh, once again, I appreciate y'all, man, and happy Friday, y'all made it. College football Saturday is on the way, man, and uh. Tell me your thoughts, comment below. Let me know anything, any features, man, any show ideas. Uh, send them my way. But let's go Terps always. Always let's go Terps. Peace. It was great. Got better and basically being faster, stronger, powerful, and being more explosive. And now I'm out here competing and having fun. Running behind that fight offensive line, Derwin Graves did a great job tonight. With all the guys I played with, that was a fun experience being a part of, so I had fun with it. It's definitely been fun, man, so I appreciate all the coach staff, what they've done for me. Maryland's been a great school for me.